Welcome to Story Tadpole. This is the podcast where I share my stories. My name is Eric Grossman. I hope all you listeners out there are doing well. Remember to stay hydrated. It's important that you get enough water or uh, your bodily functions, things that you normally rely on, will stop working as well. For example, um, your poop. You, you might not poop well if you don't drink enough water. You might not pee well either. This week's story is called Spotch. So without further ado, this is Spotch. I met a man today who talked slow and accentuated the wrong parts of sentences. He also thought the world was ending. He was standing on the corner of Addison and Birch. His name, he told me, was Addison and Birch Godcaller, GC for short. If you want to do one syllable, I can deal with Gick, he said. When I asked him why he thought the world was ending, he told me that he was only masquerading as an apocalyptic corner prophet on the off chance that someone would stop. That way, he said, they might catch a glimpse. If I told them the truth right away, they wouldn't listen to me at all. When I asked him what the truth was, he told me to look at myself. Of course, I thought he was referring to some, the meaning of life can only be found within preacher party small talk. He must have sensed the impending eye glaze and said, Really, look, it's right there on your face. He was pointing to my left cheek. I began to feel nervous. There was something on my cheek that I couldn't see, but everyone else could. Did I forget to clean my eyeliner off? Boys aren't supposed to wear eyeliner. Wait, I've never used eyeliner. Should I start using eyeliner? No, it must be the spaghetti sauce from lunch. It started in the corner of my mouth and aided by covert, minuscule movements, it migrated speck by speck to my left cheek. Or damn, it was a zit, a hulking, painless monstrosity. It must be that, one of those sly nodules that grows to the size of a house before the ache comes, so you don't know it's there till it's too late. Ugh, must be revenge for the early weak application of salicylic acid that killed its friends. I touched the spot he was pointing to, but there was nothing. I looked back at his finger. It was moving toward the spot he was pointing at. I watched helplessly, paralyzed by the fear of what he might reveal if he touched me. His fingernail was black. His pupils were concentrated pinpricks, focused so intently on my left cheek that for a second I thought he was able to see through my skin to some underlying structural deformity or malignant tumor under the dormant guise of a calcium deposit. The calcium deposit on my left big toe, it must have migrated with the spaghetti sauce. What am I even talking about? Damn. Gick's finger touched my skin and I screamed. The thought of a hobo touching my face immediately cut through all thoughts of calcium deposits and tomato-based sauces. Still, I was partially paralyzed. I found I was able to move my foot, but because the other foot was still locked in place, my options were limited to one-footed ankle rolls and partial participation in a silent, lonely hokey-pokey. The circular motion in which he began to massage my cheek caused enough system shock that I was able to swipe the man's hand away. Gick said, Why did you swipe my hand away? He smiled slyly as he spoke. Because I don't let strangers touch me, and you're dirty. Your fingers are almost black, and your fingernails are entirely black. That's true. But really, what harm could a dirty finger do to a dirty face? My face is not dirty. I washed it just this morning, I shouted. I felt insulted. My face was so clean, it was peeling. 
he laughed. I have a feeling you've swiped my hand away because at one point you learned that it wasn't okay to make contact with old men who preach on street corners, especially ones with dirty fingers and matted hair. I don't know why I stayed. I should have left long before I got to that point, but I felt a sense of strength at having braved Gick for a few minutes. I felt I had committed to Gick. Most others would have written him off, but not I. I felt unique in that moment, so I stayed. I still don't understand. Why should I look at myself? How did touching me, making me feel self-conscious about my face, help at all? Because, he said, now you know how silly it was. All those thoughts going through your head when I pointed to your cheek, those thoughts you had were pure spotch, weren't they? What's spotch? Ah, spotch. Good, comfortable spotch. That's the stuff. I'll tell you what spotch is. It's wait for it. Nothing. Isn't it exciting? It's nothing garbage, nonsense, silly, willy, stupid brain schmear spotch. It's the nada you tell yourself when someone points at your cheek and says something is wrong. It's all those thoughts you conjured up about your complexion or the wang that your friend drew on your face when you slept or whatever it was. I wasn't thinking about a penis someone drew on me, I said. Maybe, but spotch nonetheless, pure, unfiltered, homemade spotch. Ah, isn't it beautiful? Isn't it evil? What power I have. With just one finger, I can make you think of the most terrible things. I can make you forget where you're going, run to the mirror and search until your eyes bleed just to find. He motioned for me to complete the sentence. Spotch? Yes, he said, spotch. What the heck was he talking about? Most of me thought he was insane. But there was a tiny nagging part, a microscopic hiccup of belief that made me deathly afraid of this man. He had some power, some tremendous tyrannical ability to distort the reality of anyone he chose to point his finger at. There was no house-sized pimple, no post-migration spaghetti sauce, no tumor, but when he pointed his finger, they were all there simultaneously, all shouting at me and burning, scraping my skin, soldering my eyelids open. He, Gick, was the all-powerful commander of the greatest evil there ever was. Spotch. He saw it too, saw it and smiled his toothless grin. I'm a happy man, he said. No Spotch for me, I don't like it. Doesn't taste right on my palate, a bit too sour or bitter. I could never tell which. My eyes felt like they were seconds away from being jettisoned. The skin around my temples became moist. What will he do to me? By this time tomorrow, I'll be a bunch of bloody pieces in a ditch. Or there'll be nothing at all. He'll spotch me out of existence. Please don't hurt me, I said. I haven't done anything wrong. Well, sometimes I pretend I'm not home when the dishes need to be done and my roommate knocks on my bedroom door. But I'm a good person. Please, I'm begging you, spare me. Old man Gick chuckled. Spare you? Ha! I'd like nothing more. Why, I couldn't hurt a fly. I'm nothing but a batty corner prophet. He leaned in close and whispered. Us prophet types, we're all talking no game. He chuckled again. But you command Spotch. With just a finger, you could turn someone to dust. Boy, he said. I'm not one for condescending, but let me talk down to you for a moment. He got on top of his wooden preacher's crate and looked down at me right between the eyebrows. It is true. I am a wizard. 
he spoke matter-of-factly. I command the power of Spotch. It is the greatest power not known to man. He jumped down from the crate and whispered to me once again. And so do you. So does everybody. In fact, as I look around, I see Spotch flying everywhere. Look, right there, it just hit that guy square in the jaw when that pretty girl in the red dress looked at him like he was nothing but a frog. And look, see it there. He pointed to a child getting scolded for throwing a ball at a man sitting on a bench. It's got that boy by the ears. It's crawling into his brain right now. It's telling him that he shouldn't have fun because it might mean someone gets annoyed. Then he turned his gaze to me. He frowned for a second, then his wild grin returned. Ha! That won't work on me, mister, he said. What? I wasn't doing anything. Oh, yes, you were. You were trying to spotch me. He leaned back and faked a yawn. You should know by now, spotch doesn't affect me. I'm inspotchable. How? Tell me, I need to know how to stop it. Make me inspotchable, I yelled. The people around us stared. They made sure to give us a wide berth as they passed by. Gick looked at the ground searchingly for a moment, then he said, There! He pointed to an old crayon by the curb. He scuttled over to it, snatched the dirty crayon from the ground, made a series of odd gestures, and waved the crayon like a magic wand. He held it right in front of my face. I'd never been so excited, so full of anticipation in my whole life. Then he broke it in half. Done, he said. You are free of spotch now and forever. What? That's ridiculous. That didn't do anything. True, he agreed. It did nothing at all, but I thought it was appropriate. Still, you are now inspotchable. Congratulations. How's that? I said. You were free of spotch the moment you could see it. It's funny like that. Now that you know what it looks like, it can't do a thing. Even the most powerful wizard can't harm you now. He waved the broken crayon mockingly. So that's it, I said. That's it? Gick returned to his preacher's box and started shouting about the apocalypse. I began walking, stopped, looked up at him, shook my head in disbelief, and continued. It was as if the conversation never happened. I still thought the world was ending, but it was suddenly less imminent. I scratched my left cheek. There was a small pain. A pimple was forming. My dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed this week's story. If you like it, please subscribe or leave a review. I'll be back next week with a new story. And my friends, my dear listeners, whom I love and care about and appreciate, go to a thrift store, buy something that you don't need, if you want. Goodbye, and remember not to forget the things that you should remember.